Welcome survivors, burnout community, and those just interested. It's Kelly Wubolz, owner, trainer, and burnout prevention mentor at KB Training Connections. Burnout is not taboo. It's our reality in this fast-paced society. But we are not going to let it drive the narrative to our stories. We're going to do something about it. So let's dig in. I want to talk about today about how we give away energy because in burnout, we just don't have any energy left. And it's important to know where that energy is going so you can be resourceful on how you're distributing it. So there's three areas I want to break this down. One is what is your expectations of certain areas in your life and who put those expectations there? Most of the time, it's us. So I think of parents or people who like a clean house and the show of that or um, moms that constantly pick up toys I'm I'm that person as well and when I realized who told me that I have to do that it really opened my eyes and how much energy I spent on chores around my household that really didn't need to be done there's basic necessities of life like eating cleaning the dishes uh, making sure that there's clean laundry but as far as making sure the house looks like Home and Gardens magazine, that expectation was put there by me. So this summer, I actually trialed that out. I, we have a big yard and a lot of landscaping. So every weekend, we would have to spend time weeding and keeping up with the flower beds and our, uh, our homestead. And then additional projects from there, like, like growing our produce garden. But this summer, I was in burnout recovery. So I didn't have a lot of energy to give out and I had to start start redistributing it. So I did not weed my flower gardens this year. And yes, did the weeds take over, but it didn't look that bad. And yeah, it didn't look like Home and Gardens magazine, but it still had beautiful flowers. I also spent a lot of energy cleaning up after my children. So I decided to kind of go the minimalist route, not completely, but I removed 14 garbage bags and donated them to a local donation center in which I had to clean up 14 bags less of toys around the house. It was a very freeing feeling and the kids didn't miss one toy. So somewhere along the way as I became a parent, the expectation was put on me that the kids need lots and lots of toys to play with. And it actually has the reverse effect. They now play with their toys more because they have less of the choices to make. They have less of the mess to dig through. And it's actually a very creative thinking for a child to have minimal amount of toys. I am never going back to a household full of toys and all that stress that came with it. So it's giving away my energy to those things that really didn't matter to me and not part of my life meaning. The other area that I usually gave away energy was social media and phone time. I know that seems silly because you're usually resting or sitting while you're doing that. You're actually stealing energy from your brain when you're doing that. You're not giving it a moment of presence and peace to reset, to breathe. So technically you're stealing the energy generating activity the brain is trying to do. And it's interesting because I'll be at a grocery store or shopping store and if you're waiting in the checkout line, a majority of people I will see go on their phones. And I don't understand that because it's maybe a one to three minute line uh, most of the time and they have to pop out their phone. And I don't understand that unless they're checking their shopping list because your brain has so much input coming in from noise, the new people around them, probably the new smells, what you just shopped for. And it's not giving that brain with all that sensory input time to just breathe. You're, You're shoving more material in it when you open your phone. So that's the second energy 
distri distribution that you can probably use a little more resourcefully is when do you actually need to look at your phone and when do you not. I was definitely that person at work with my work computer up and I would look at my phone every so often and open my work email on my phone. I don't know why I was also doing work email on my phone, but it was just a habit that I created opening my phone constantly. And I already had my email up on my computer. So I was giving my, away my energy often to my smartphone. So the first one is high expectations you put on yourself. Second one is, are you giving away energy to that little smartphone? And the third one, I'm gonna take a clip from the burnout prevention subscription. It's only $10 a month. And this is out of the second episode. And I have a discussion with a mindset coach and he talks about how we give away our energy to difficult people. And if you think about a difficult person in your life, either family or a peer at work or even a friend, it's exhausting. It's exhausting to have conversations with them. It's exhausting afterward. It's exhausting the moment that they walk into the room or text you or post something. And it, we have a great discussion around why is that? Why do we give so much energy away to difficult people when we don't have to? We're, they're not even stealing it. We're just giving it to them. We're giving them all the energy and we don't have energy in burnout. So let's take a small clip from episode two of the burnout subscription with this mindset coach. And this is Johnny Richard. He also has an executive coaching program, uh, a wonderful individual. We partner up a lot on our coaching programs and I hope you enjoy. I want you to imagine a three, right? And so we're going to write the number three. And so what I invite people to do is um, think about having this piece of paper, but then having somebody come in from the other side of the desk or wherever you're imagining this three, if you're seeing it from a different perspective and they didn't know that it was a three, but they saw this. And Kelly, why don't you tell you what it looks like in E, doesn't it? It looks like an E. Or let's say somebody came, you know, from, from the side and they see w. a W or the other side an M. And so I call this exercise 3M We because really at the end of the day, what's truth? What's the reality box? And when it comes to story, we're trying to make sense of truth. But what's interesting and fascinating is that the truth is this is just ink on paper. This is just a symbol. It looks like a bird. It looks like a butt. Right? Like it, could, it could be anything. And yet we have a story about it based on context and what we care about in our learning and everything else. And so we can open up the idea of seeing that there may be another perspective, another truth, a deeper truth, or maybe another story that somebody else is telling. Bob has another story about his behavior. It makes sense to him. Right? He sees the W, you see the three, or maybe you see an M, whatever it might be. If we can invite ourselves to maybe see another story that's going on with that other person, because that makes sense to them, right? And so if we fight those individuals, and for these are people like myself who like to convince others that my reality is right, <laughs> I love to try to convince people that I'm right because it feels good to me. I have all of my, you know, my identity, my values, my opinions. I'm right, and so I'll convince you that it's a three. And guess what? If they see a W. They're not going to listen to me. This is what's happening in our world today. In America, people are trying to convince others that they see a three when clearly the other person is seeing a W. Well, we fight for what we see. I'm not being open. Why would they be open to seeing my perspective unless I open up and try to understand why they see something different, why they see the W, 
And guess what? When I open myself up to that, try to understand them. Well, guess what? Now they don't have to resist so much to try to convince me because I've already acknowledged that I see that, oh, I didn't. Okay, help me understand why you see a W. And now you have less resistance to try to convince them to see something else. And guess what? If they have less resistance to try to prove that they're right because you just acknowledge it, well, now they might actually be open to seeing your perspective because they don't have to use so much energy to defend theirs. This is how we can influence other individuals by understanding them more. And I love the definition of compassion. Compassion is understanding without judgment. And so if we can identify with this idea of compassion and listening and helping other people feel understood, they'll be less defensive to try to understand you. You cannot recover from burnout with prescriptions, procedures, or surgery. Come join a holistic community specializing in burnout to begin your recovery. Each month for only $10, get a specialist lecture, worksheets, and action planning delivered right to your email. Take it from a burnout survivor when I say, your recovery begins with just one action step. Burnout is a confusing and lonely journey. I want you to know you're not alone. I hope to see you here again for more recovery tips and education. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with your family and friends. If no one shared the word burnout with me, I don't know where I'd be today.